Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Superheroes, we are here with Sarah Schulting Kranz, who is an extraordinary human being who turned a trauma tragedy into a journey to empower women. Her tagline is Love Life, Live Boldly, and her company is Live Boldly Coaching. You can go to liveboldlycoaching.com to find her. And we're going to hear all about her and all the amazing stuff that she does right now. Welcome, Sarah Schulting Cran. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You're amazing, by the way. <laughs> you are way more amazing because you do everything that you do in red high heels. <laughs> courage, love, determination. Yay, courage, love, determination. Beautiful. Yeah. So Sarah, okay. tell us what Live, Live Boldly is and tell us what your mission here on this planet Earth is right now. I love that, what my mission is. My mission is to transcend others from their stories. It is to allow um, others to the space to heal, to grow, to find courage to reconnect or to connect with um, their own inner purpose and to really find themselves in the process. That is my mission. Um, I, uh, my company is Live Boldly Coaching. I'm a professional coach. Um, at the age of 42, I went back and got my Wilderness First Responder certification. And I decided that I was going to guide women and now men, believe it or not, I do guide men as well. Um, I'm coaching, hiking, healing, meditation, retreats in the Grand Canyon. So we do a lot of deep diving, wilderness, deep diving, nature therapy, like we get dirty and beautifully, you know, just juicy, like that whole, like getting deep within themselves. And uh, we, we encourage um, and, and we bring in a lot of adventure coaching and, and just like, it's just so much fun. Hiking, obviously. In the process, they get to have an experience in their life that just transcends them and, and, and really puts them into action to um, live a really bold life. I love that phrase, transcending your, transcending your story. That's such a great phrase. And the, you transcended your story to start Live Boldly. So tell everybody about the story that led you to this extraordinary life you're leading. I've had multiple traumas in my life from uh, sexual assault to um, I'm a partner of um, an addict who's a multiple, multiple addicts, multiple addictions. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of relational and betrayal trauma in my life. Um, people look at me and they just are kind of shocked by that because, you know, yes, I'm a, you know, blonde haired, typical, like green eyed, you know, California woman. That California girl. And yet I'm not. And, and yet I'm not, which is what's really funny. People, a lot of people see me and they think, what, really? Like you went through all that? 
And the coolest thing was, um, yeah, when let I me found- just stop. Let me just stop and say, everybody can, can go to liveboldlycoaching.com and see pictures of you and stuff. But it, it's really true. You don't because generally people that have had traumas, there's a little bit of a, of a tension or a, um, a hardening of edges to, to their faces. I think, you know, there's something yeah. about their face that tells, you know, our faces tell a story of our lives and there's something that you can usually see. And yeah, I would never guess that you were, you had had trauma in your life. I wouldn't. Cause you look, you look, first of all, you are always smiling. <laughs> like you look like you're <laughs> like, true. you really love, like you really do love life. I love life. Boldly. Yeah. <laughs> I do. So when you're, when you have had traumas in your life, it's hard to reopen your heart back up and, and be open and gentle and, uh, inviting to life. And you, your face says all of that. So anyway, so tell them, I'm sorry to interrupt your story. Thank you. No, no, no. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Um, well, so my, my trauma one hit when I was 17 years old. And the interesting thing about this whole like California look thing, which is what's so funny is that I actually was born and raised in a town of 1100 people in the middle of corn country in Black Earth, Wisconsin. And so, you know, my, my story starts where like my high school was literally in the middle of a farm, like in the middle of, you know, a cornfield. And I graduated with 50 something people. I know. And so when people see me and then they they're like, what the juxtaposition? Yeah. And so my, my first trauma happened at 17. Um, I was uh, sexually assaulted. I was raped by somebody that I knew. I did get pregnant from this rape and um, ended up uh, trying to press charges and the police would not press charges. Insufficient evidence is what I was told. And I still through that process chose to keep and have my amazing son who is now 27 years old. Um, so that my story starts literally from the cornfields of Wisconsin. I love living back there. It was just an amazing you know, despite all of that, like there was just, I come from a very, um, a very grounded, amazing family. And uh, I, you know, I go back there and I'm just, I, I love it. Love my moments back there. So fast forward now, I went to college immediately after that, and then um, chose to pers- um, pursue a Bachelor of Science degree in art education. With and your little baby, you went to college. Baby. Oh yeah, my gosh. My I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I was signing up for my college courses. I remember as a senior, just coming out of being a senior in high school. And um, one of the um, supervisors looked at me and looked at my pregnant belly and said, I think you should take some time off. You shouldn't be coming to college. And I was like, wait, what? Did you seriously just say that to me? Like, did you seriously just say that to me? So, you know, my, the foundation of my trauma healing started at a very young, very quick age. And I remember even back then thinking someday this is going to be written about because this is just not right. Just not right. Like I remember where I was when I was thinking to myself, this, my story is so crazy that I'm having to navigate so many trails alone and it should not be this way. I should not be told no. I should yeah. not be told that, I, that I'm not telling the truth. I should not be in a state where I'm not heard. 
And so even back then, I remember having these moments of, yeah, this is, this is going to get out there someday. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank and you. by the way, inter- let's interject that you're about to get a huge book deal. So, <laughs> so watch everybody for her book in 2020. So. <laughs> and I'm in the process of actually having a documentary. Um, it's, in, it's in production right now, too, which is pretty cool. 2020 is going to be a big year for the book and the movie. Yeah, it really is going to be a big year for me. And the interesting thing about it is that even more so than that, you know, my family had was affected by this so greatly and my community and just like, I mean, I feel for everybody, right? It's like, it's not just me. It's I, though, yeah, I'm the one that's carrying it. Um, it affected everybody greatly and so that's the piece where like even doing the documentary it's awesome because they've interviewed my family they've interviewed my brothers they've interviewed my parents and for once they have a voice I was I was thinking that that because you said first you said you were close to your family and then second you said the trauma and, and the police didn't believe you I can't imagine how that affected your family and trying to support you during that time because you because everybody is powerless in the yeah. face of law enforcement saying step back yeah and I had to get a restraining order on the guy and oh my gosh oh, yeah oh yeah yeah so so you know and at the same time I'm like you know I'm 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 sending mess I'm calling my mom and saying you know mom he's trying to get in my house what do I do they're not nobody's home and and so the the I've experienced a lot of PTSD and and being able to still have them be there for me yet also not have anybody be there for them it's devastating I just you know it affected a lot of their relationships and I I honor my family greatly we've all trust me my family still has their their things don't get me wrong it's not like we're perfect in (laughs) any way right (laughs) but we also laugh at our imperfections because it's like really (laughs) you know yeah okay so you're in college and you have a new baby and you in spite of even the professor pushing back you're in college so Mm -hmm. let's pick up the story there where yeah so you know it's interesting I um I loved Madison fantastic school, met my, um, what would be my um, husband while I was in college. Uh, immediately, like the very first night we met, it was like love at first sight. In fact, I fell so head over heels over this man that we ended up staying up most of the night talking and I drove home because I was living at home at the time with my son and I, I ran into my parents' bedroom and I jumped on their bed and I woke them up in the middle of the night and said, I found the man I'm going to marry. Wow. That's it. And my dad rolled over and looked at me and said, great, go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. And my mom was like, what? Oh my gosh. You know, like literally that's kind of the relationship that we have. I don't think I've ever even told anybody that. That's really funny. I kind of forgot about it. I'm sitting here talking about it. It's a great Um, memory. It is. It's a great memory. And, uh, and see, even despite we have a lot of great memories. And so I met him and we did end up getting married. Um, you know, he was my best friend and uh, really the, the light of my life that I was looking for. And we had two more children together. Um, I now have a 27, 17 and 12 year old, all boys. And I found out, well, let me back up really quick. We, we moved um, all over the place and his, because of his career, we eventually moved out to Northern California, which is how I also landed in California. California, moved down to Southern California then, and then found out I was married to him for 17 years when I found out that for 14 of those years, he was betraying me with men and didn't have a clue. 
I did not have a clue. Yeah, huge. Um, huge. Um, he was he was literally leading a double life. Wow. And a very deep double life. Um, multiple addictions, which I had knew nothing about, didn't have a clue. And it's not that I'm, um, it's not that I'm a, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't pay attention or that I'm like some, you know, bimbo or something where it's just like, well, of course he just, you know, it just went over her head. I'm actually a very wise, educated woman who loved deeply her husband so much that, um, Anytime I had any thought of anything that could possibly have been going on, I, I trusted him and I loved him and, you know, I listened to him. That's, he's mm -hmm. my partner. He's my best friend. So he didn't check out because people with addictions generally tend to be checking out on a routine basis, but he wasn't checking out of your, your relationship. Like you felt he was there. So he traveled a lot. Also he oh, was right. a business guy. And so a lot of what was happening was when he was traveling you know, he was coast to coast. And so, and you know, he had it, his, he had, he had his own, you know, little devils within him that he was, that he was dealing with his own troubles and his own, um, just really, uh, I don't, I can't even imagine, like, I can't even imagine the depth of what he was going through to lead a double life. Yeah. That's to lead a double life. It's yeah. very intense. And so, and just like, even right now, I mean, I was just messaging him before you and I got on and, um, we, you know, I'm really proud of how far he's come. He has, he's clean, he's sober, he's, you know, doing great. Um, and, you know, he's proud of me in the process as well. I can't imagine where he's at. He can't imagine where I'm at. And that's okay. We can try and understand, you know, I don't, I don't need to know, truthfully. Mm -hmm. I don't need to know. I've, I'm, I'm on my own journey and um, we still support one another. We have kids together and, and that's where it's at, you know? That's so, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So, so that ends and you're here in Southern California mm -hmm. and what made you start live boldly? Well, so during my own process of healing, I, uh, really set out to find myself. It was, I was on a mission for clarity and I also was on a mission of, you know, what the heck, how could all of this happen to this girl from black earth, right? Like from the cornfields, like, how did I, how did I, how did I land here? And so, and so, and also I'm, I'm, I, I will say like, I am a good human being. Like I, I am empathetic. I am, it's just, I was raised to not hurt other people. I've always lived by the motto, treat others as you wish to be treated. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, are you kidding me? And now my family has to go through this too. Like this is ridiculous. And the, the amount of, the amount of just guilt, shame and everything else that comes with it when you're sitting there going, I didn't ask for this. And so I set out during that time to really reclaim who I was and to find out, to find myself, like, and to figure out how the, can I cuss? Like, how the hell was I going to get through all this? Right. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm just going to say it like, how the hell was I going to get through all this? Yeah. And so, and just to also make sense of it. And so, um, during that time I had already been, um, you know, hiking a lot and I had been running and I had, cause that's just, that was always my, um, I love the outdoors. And so I, 
had realized while I was in my own transformation of all of this stuff that when I was on the water, I felt better. Mm. When I was hiking, I felt better. When I was running, I felt better. And so I did more and more and more of it because it was also, it just made me feel better. And it wasn't just like, oh, there's happiness. It was, I was really doing something within my body and within my thought process and within my mind and my spiritual side that in within my soul, that was aligning a lot of different pieces that, that were not there before. Mm-hmm. And so I really, um, I set out on, and, uh, and did a lot of, I was paddling, you know, deep onto the Pacific ocean and four miles offshore. I was um, wow. literally getting lost in fog. Uh, well, it was literally like getting lost in fog and then finding myself. And so it was, there was so many metaphors about what was happening to me in the outdoors at the same time. Um, I did, I did find one coach therapist, um, Dort Reichenthal that helped me, guided me through this. And when she first saw me and she was like, what are you like? She was kind of questioning me, like, what are you doing outside of all this? And I would tell her I'm paddling, I'm hiking, I'm running, I'm doing all this stuff. And she's like, you have something there. There is something within all of this that is working for you and could work for others. So then I started researching it and I was, and I started realizing I was researching, you know, Florence Williams. I was reading about her. I was reading about all, you know, the the body keeps a score and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm somatically healing my body through this process. I'm literally like going through the process of pulling all that crap out within me from the pain and the hurt and the sadness and, and the devastation and the betrayal and the trauma. And I'm putting happiness back. I'm replacing it with everything that I want in my life. And why would I not offer that to other people? Right. So I started a business and now I do that with my clients. You deal a lot with military. No. So what I did do is um, in June, I had a woman come to me who used to be in the army and she's blind, uh, Sean Cheshire. She um, asked if she could go on my retreat. And so I absolutely said yes. I said, I've never even met a blind woman before. I don't know how to guide you. I've never done this. And guess what? You're going to teach me real quick. So I said, just give me your needs and let's do this. And so um, she, so that's the military piece is um, she was in the army. That's probably what you're, you're, that's the story. Yeah. That's the story I read. So she, so she went with me on my June retreat through the process of her own, you know, clarifying different things in her life and, and finding, um, you know, going through the process of what I do on these retreats. She decided that she was going to start a nonprofit. So she started a nonprofit that literally from between June and October, this is what she did. She started a nonprofit that is now um, allowing that guides the it's the blind in a sighted community brings them together for more understanding. Oh it's wow! Amazing, I know wow. it's amazing. And um, then also, so how she raises funds is by doing adventures. So now I'm on her team, and we did the rim to rim to rim of the Grand Canyon, and she was the only blind woman to ever attempt and succeed the Grand Canyon rim trim to rim, 42 miles in 24 hours, 15 minutes. And we smashed the blind man's record. Wow. Yay, yay women. Yay, yay women. women. <laughs> right? Yay women. So tell me an, another one of your favorite uh, stories about coaching someone from trauma to loving life. So, oh, I have so many. I mean, it, <laughs> I can you tell I just love my job. Well, coincidentally, the same coach that told me a while ago, like, Hey, you should do it. 
She's going on my February retreat. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, so it's really cool because it's, um, I now get to, I, I get to guide her through this experience of what brought me to here and the here and now. So that's cool. Uh, so I have also had, um, I've had women that have gotten to the Grand Canyon and looked over the rim and have texted me. I think I'm going to puke. Like I did not know I'm afraid of heights. Um, and uh, I talk about that in my book, actually. It was awesome. My response was, yay, this is going to be so much fun. And I, <laughs> Like, that's not what I was expecting, Sarah. And I said, you know what, girl, don't worry about it. Let me take the outside of the trail. You're all good. This is what I do. The reason that I also coach in this way is because I've, it's all this stuff that I either had, like my mom was big with me. She was my, if you can imagine somebody like guiding me and walking through my stuff, that was completely my mom. Wow. And she, t- she taught me a lot of that and how to do that. Um, and so you know, with this particular person with Carol, it was, you know, I just took the outside of the trail the entire time and let her do her thing by hugging the inside and um, walked her through the entire thing. And she, it's, it was so awesome. I think one of my favorite moments with her her was we were um, ready to cross the silver bridge to head out of the Grand Canyon. And I give everybody the opportunity to release what they need to at the, in the bottom of the Canyon. And I said, this is your, this is your um, last walk across the Colorado river before we start heading out. And I have everybody go alone. Usually I have them go, depends on the group one by one. And with this particular group, I had them go one by one. And she, she looked at me and I said, you're first. And she's like, I don't want to be first. And I said, Carol, we got gotcha. you. It's okay. We're here. Just, you can do this. And you know, the, the silver bridge, you look down and you see you're high above that Colorado river and you look down and you see it all. Right. And she was just like, I knew you were going to make me do this. I knew it. <laughs> and she started across and she turned around and she flipped me the bird so hard. And I was like, yes, that is what I needed. Good for you to release all of this. Like everything from like, I am, I'm frustrated, but I know that you are, that this is what I need. And thank you. Like it was everything was in that bird that I was like, yes, you go. That's so, so she texted me not long after. Isn't that awesome? She texted yes. me not that much longer. She sent me a picture of her standing on a bridge and she's like, look at what the Grand Canyon did for me. Like, I'm not like, I'm not afraid of heights. Like what the heck? Oh my God. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I have a story in my book where I went, um, innocently went zip lining with a group of friends in St. Martin and I got to the ticket booth to buy the tickets and they said, you know, it's, it's not just zip lining. It's also, uh, a, an obstacle course. And I was like, Oh, sure. And I just thought it would be some innocent little obstacle course. And it was things like that, like these, you know, uh, precarious bridges or swinging logs going across a, Uh, you know, a very deep ravine and it was terrifying to me, but I had a similar experience, which is that the coach that I'm calling him a coach, he was our guide, but he was definitely a coach. He gave me one of the biggest lessons. This was early on in my healing where he just, he said, he touched the back of my back as I was about to cross and I was so tense. And he said, you don't have to hold on so tight. Yep. And so yep. the rest of the, the exercise and the rest of these obstacles, which all felt like I was going, they were life-threatening. <laughs> I just kept, every time I crossed, I said, I let go of, I let go of, I let go of. And it was, yeah, it was a pivotal 
moment. Not that I wouldn't still be scared of crossing a deep ravine on logs that are swinging back and forth. <laughs> well, do you know why that is? Has anybody taken me that? Can I coach you on this for yeah, a moment? Yeah, tell me, tell me. Okay, so I'm going to coach you on this for a moment. Um, it's very common for those people that have been through traumas in their life, any kind of type of PTSD to fight, right? That's their fight or flight. So when they're in a position, right. So when they're in a position where even a little bit of fear comes up, that's where they go. Cause it's just like, that's their safety. When you've been in, through PTSD or any sort of trauma, you, the very first thing that you need is safety because otherwise your entire foundation is rocked. Got you. So the, fantastic. Yeah. So the fact that yeah, yeah. So the fact that you went there because like I couldn't figure out for the longest time, you know, why do I beat the crap out of everything that I do? Because I do. I I swim hard. I paddle hard. I run hard. I hike hard. I climbed hard. And so then when I started realizing and started researching all of this and going, oh wait a second, if I would just allow myself to trust and to be one with the fear goes away, the anxiety goes away, and you get to listen to that internal sense, that inner, that inner guide, yes. where, you, where you can then align, and you're like, oh, I got it. Now I'm more zen. Yes. Everything lessens. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't know that, but I definitely had a shift with that, and that's still a mantra in my life. I let go of, I let go of when I start to clench up. But the safety factor, that's really great. I'm so glad. I was just talking to, um, I just interviewed Catherine Woodward Thomas, who wrote Conscious Uncoupling. And, oh, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So, oh, cool. and, she, and she has a section in that book. It's a great book um, that, that I read just before the, because I'm not, I haven't been conscious uncoupling since, <laughs> since her book came out. But I read it for the interview. And she has a really great um, section on on safety and feeling safe. And so this is the new word for me this week is contemplating this. This So thank you for, for mentioning that and for bringing that up because it's good for me to, I'm integrating that whole idea of safety, I think, right now. So it's great. Well, and you know, because I've guided a lot of women um, and men also who have been through different traumatic experiences in their life, um, we I also encourage to find that mantra that also helps you during that that period of where, you know, am I safe? And so I've done that with, um, I had one Eva, I'll never forget it, where she was, she, she thought she was going to die. She was like hiking up and she's like, this is so hard. This is, so, and I had to go through the process of mantras and goals and everything. And, and then we even got to the point of like, we we're talking about somatic releasing and also manifesting where it goes into what is it through the process of saying your mantra? What are you manifesting? And for her, she said, I just want a thunderstorm. I just want a thunderstorm. I want a thunderstorm. And I kid you not, I kid oh. you not, it's in my book. I kid you not. We were hiking up between the um, Indian Garden and the Three Mile House. And all of a sudden, this big cloud came over. It was July and a crack of thunder. And I looked at, and looked at Eva and I said, it, it, the whole process of this is in my book and it is fascinating. And I looked at her and I said, way to, way to manifest, way to manifest your needs. And it, we had the biggest thunderstorm come out of nowhere oh where it was God. just like, and, 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 and the, the temperature dropped 20 degrees and it allowed her the opportunity to, to, it, she, we rested at the three mile house and then hiking out of that Canyon. It was like, she was like on cloud nine. She's, I mean, she literally was like, I cannot believe that just happened. 
Wow. There's a whole thing in there about like, I truly believe the power of manifestation as well. When you state your needs, do I think she manifested the thunderstorm? I think she manifested what she needed to get through that time. So people can say she manifested the thunderstorm. She didn't, whatever. I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. It's about the fact that she stated what she needed and she got what she needed. And so did I. I was like, thanks. I was hot. <laughs> that was cool. That is a great story. Okay, but I'm missing the link between the mantra and the manifesting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, so for her, you know, she went through this, this period of, you know, of her, her mantra was, um, I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. And then it went into, well, what is it that you need right now? Like, what is it that you, what is it that you need right now? I need. And so then she started stating her needs. So her, from her power, from her inner strength, then she could also state what she needed, right? Like I need, you know, I need it to cool down. I need it to cool down. I need it. I need she stated during that process exactly what her needs were. When we state what it is that we need, that's when we start manifesting. Like I see myself as this is what I see. And so when you can start visualizing, right? Like mm-hmm. I see myself as I see myself on top of this canyon and I'm going to be cooled off and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that through that process, we right. start to actually get what it is that we really need in our life. So it sounds like you get present to what is so right now. So this is what is so right now. And then you state what you want. And then you state it as an, and then you state it as an affirmation. I get it. You know, there's the being and the doing. I mean, I could like talk for hours on this. Um, you know, there's the being and the doing. Like in our process of doing, because we're always, as I think, as women, <laughs> as women, we're constantly in the doing state. Like we have to take care of other people. We have to do this. We, she's a mom of a lot of children. And oh. so her, yeah. So for her to actually slow down while she was still hiking out, to slow down enough to be present with herself and say, this is what I need right now mm-hmm. as a woman hiking out of this canyon in order to make this happen and to accomplish my goals this is what I need. And that was when I was saying to her, manifest what it is that you need. Don't just say it, put it out there. That's so cool. Talk talk about it. Like we don't talk enough about it. We don't visualize it enough. Right. And so I, I do a lot of this myself. Like I have very clear intentions when I am hiking or when I am, you know, on my paddleboard or whatever it is. I, always state my intentions. This is my intention. My intention for the year of 2019. My intention, it does, does it shift? Of course it does because I'm not completely in control of it. And yet I visualize and see what it is that I really need, desire, want, and I'm ready for, and am ready for. What you're ready for. Tell us about parenting, like three boys. Oh my God, single mom. So tell us how this transformation in your life affected parenting. My parenting, I love my kids. So my 27 year old, uh, when we all, when we found this out, um, he was 22. So he, um, he is, you know, he's doing great though. He's out of the house. He's a wonderful, like, I don't know, entrepreneur doing his thing. Um, quite smart, I have to say. And so, you know, I, he was older. My 17 um, year old was 12 at the time and going through a lot of shifts, obviously, heading into being a teenager. Um, he's an also a very avid water polo player. So that has always been his gig. Um, and then my 12-year-old at the time was seven, and he's a huge basketball player. 
So how this shifted my parenting immediately, it went to mom <clears throat> mode. Like I immediately went to what do I need to do for my kids to create a solid foundation for them? So I immediately went to the schools, talked to them about what was going on in our life. I'm all about communication and open communication, you know, talked to their coaches and said, Hey, let's, let's try and use this for them. Their sports mm. because for them. It was about sports. Um, this would be my, my younger two. Um, and so it's fascinating because through the process of me developing a solid foundation for them, it's allowed them the opportunity to use this as a way to thrive, quite frankly. Um, they've used it. And, in to, to, and I, I got them their own coach, um, you know, therapist slash coach that could help them through this. And uh, my 17-year-old is a junior in high school, and he's been recruited now to USC, UCLA, and Berkeley for water polo. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty dang remarkable. Um, wow. And so, and then my seven-year-old, who is now 12, is using the basketball court as his way to, you know, find himself and to use all of this as his way to be the leader on the court as well. So really it was how it changed my parenting. I think it made me a better parent. Hmm. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, it, I think like it, it, it gave me that push to mentor in a way that um, I wouldn't have otherwise. It sounds like you took them through the Grand Canyon of your divorce. Like you led them. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they also followed in your transformative footsteps to um, healing their bodies, working through their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. We moved. We, it was really funny. We had a 4,200 square foot house and I told them that in order for me to do more of the work that I love, we were going to move. I'm like, we got to get out of here. I can't stay in a home this big with us and do all of this work that I'm doing as well. And I wanted to start over. I was like, let's just start over. And so we sold or gave away all but probably 7% of our stuff. Mm. And, um, we moved across the street, literally across. You're kidding. The Did no, you I'm actually not kidding. Oh my God. It was a big move, but we now live in 800 square feet. Oh my gosh. But the cool thing, I know, I know. But the cool thing about it is that I told the boys, I said, here's the cool thing about it. You get to take what you want, but don't bring anything through these doors that doesn't touch your heart and soul. And oh. so that's what they did. And so they literally, you know, they, they brought just the things that mattered. And that, the rest of it was kind of like, yeah, you know, so it's cool. That is, that is a really cool lesson to have at those ages to 12 and 17. That's a, those are, that's an extraordinary lesson when, you know, how things look matters so much to us at those ages. You know, like I remember at that age, at those ages needing to match everybody else. You know, I didn't want to, you know, I needed right. to have the same shoes, yeah. and the same ribbons in my hair and the same, you know, so what a beautiful stretching of their souls at that time that you led them through. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, it was definitely hard. And now my kids are so big, like my 17 year old is like six, four and two ten. So I'm, I know so my house is too small now. So now I'm kind of like, where are we going to go from here? Cause we, we might have to get bigger. Like this is getting a little teeny tiny. Um, <laughs> And we are on top of each other. We kind of laugh about that. It's like you take 10 steps and you're on top of the other person. But 
it's been fine up until, you know, at some point we're going to have to make some choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has shifted my parenting up a lot. I do think, though, that, that you know, I still, I, there's a lot of things that I've had to work through in terms of, you know, I had to spend so much time on um, my own processing that I feel like it did definitely take away from my parenting. And I've, the boys and I have had those conversations of, you know, I'm sorry about that, but you know, it's, these are all, nobody is perfect and no path is perfect and no parent is perfect and no child is perfect. And no family is perfect. So here you go. Which is yeah. so freeing that none of us are. Don't worry about it. We're not, none of us about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what's coming up for you um, soon if people are inspired to, obviously it's liveboldlycoaching.com is the website and I'll put that in the program notes, but anything special that you want to talk about that's coming up? I know you're working on the documentary and you're working on the book. So I do have retreats that I'm guiding. I'm leading, uh, my February retreat is sold out with a late wait list already. So that, you know, that's pretty exciting. Um, but I am, re- I am guiding retreats in the Grand Canyon in May, July, November. November is cool because it's three nights at the bottom. Usually there are two nights at the bottom and November is three nights at the bottom and it's over Thanksgiving, which is really, really rad because beautiful. how I even got those reservations is remarkable. It's going to be, it's going to be really intense and beautiful. It's, I'm using this as um, a gratitude, more of like a gratitude, um, retreat, which is going to be really great because, you know, being able to provide gratitude for yourself and it's going to be fun. And then also January of 2020, I'm leading as well. So I have those retreats set up. I'm working also on um, an online program so I can branch out with my business and provide more as I am getting a lot of people asking for it. So that's definitely um, in the works of that. And so um, look for that as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I do one-on-one coaching. So it's, I'm available and um, you can find me there. Find me through my website. You can find me on Facebook through my name, Sarah Schulting and um, Kranz. And also my business Facebook is Live Boldly or Instagram, which is kind of fun because I love doing the stories is about my day is um, Sarah Schulting Kranz. So excellent. Yeah. All right. That was very inspiring. I love your story. Love what you're doing with life. And everybody, this is a visual. So this is an, we are in an audio medium right now, but you all have to go to her website to see the red heels are spectacular. Everybody go and see her like in the Grand Canyon with her gorgeous legs with these gorgeous red high heels on. It's fantastic. I love my red heels. I take my red heels to every summit and I put a pair on because women deserve to feel empowered in every way. You can, you, there is no box. There is no box. There is no box. There is no box. I know that because I am 45 and there is no box. (laughs) That is fantastic. I'm so excited for the movie. I'm so excited for the book and I'm so excited for everybody to hear your stories and I'm going to have to come on. I'm definitely going to have to come on one of these retreats because I know that there's more, there's more to uncover that I, that I opened up when I was on that, that zip lining um, obstacle course situation. (laughs) I would be honored to guide you. I would be honored. You can meditate with me on six million year old rocks. I mean, really, or under the moonlight in the stars, like at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I'm telling you, it is magnificent. 
Magnificent. My favorite picture of you on your entire website. There's every single picture is so gorgeous, but there's this one of you literally in these high heels in the air. You're obviously flying <laughs> in the air at the top of a summit. I'm like, what is going on here? Anyway, I want to go do that. <laughs> and I will take you there. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sarah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And I'm so excited for everything that you're going to be doing. I'm just so thank thrilled you that you're touching women's lives and men's thank lives. You. Thank you. And you are, yes. And men's, right? Yeah. I love that. I, it's, it's awesome. I do too. I love that. So thank you. I appreciate that. You are magnificent yourself. Thank you. <laughs> so that was Sarah. Is everybody as inspired as I am to go do and do one of her Grand Canyon hikes? Oh my God. I think I must do that. So go check her out. Again, it's liveboldlycoaching.com. And if you like this podcast, please go over to iTunes and give us a review. That helps us bring more superheroes of love into the fold. And please, 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 superhero of love, heal your broken heart, and then go save the world. It's out now. Go and buy it for someone that you think could appreciate it. Somebody who's maybe had a heartache. And even if you haven't had a heartbreak, a divorce, or a relationship breakup, um, the word on the street is it's helping a lot of people um, come to a better place in their own hearts, no matter what their relationship status. So I hope you'll check it out. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.